Hi there, I'm Katie Churchill, and welcome to another interview for Webcam Startup. Today we have attorney Corey D. Silverstein with us, and he's going to tell us a little bit about one of his projects he's got going on, adult.law, and we'll discuss a little bit about what COVID has meant for the content industry. Corey, welcome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation to be here. I've been following you on Twitter, actually, and uh, then learned more about your site. So it's really, uh, I love what you're doing, and I'm, I'm a big fan of you. So this is, uh, the feeling is mutual. Well, thank you very much. It is very exciting to see a product like this launched for the adult industry, especially as an independent performer who hasn't had access to things like this in the past. For our listeners who might not be familiar with you and your work, can you give us a little bit of background previous to COVID and the changing of the industry? Sure. It's a, it's a great question. Uh, I've actually been in the adult entertainment industry for a very long time, actually 17 years now. Uh, I got into the adult entertainment industry in an unconventional way. I wasn't always a lawyer. I actually, back uh, in the early 2000s, I was a website operator and a webmaster. And so it was during that time that I really began making my connections in the adult entertainment industry, paid for law school, went through law school, and then ultimately I transitioned from being a website operator to being a uh, an industry lawyer, which is which I really think is cool. The co- the coolest kind of thing I get to talk about is that like I'm the only uh, industry lawyer that ever actually was like true industry. I wasn't just always industry lawyer, so I really think that's unique. I didn't realize that you'd come from an adult industry background, so that yep. that is unique for sure. Yep. Yep. I, uh, it was back in the day we had a program with, uh, we had, I believe, 33 pay sites and we had an affiliate program. And it was from there that I really kind of built up my, uh, my, my, I call it my family base in adult because, you know, when people ask me about the adult industry, they're like, you know, what is, I say, we are a very unique family. We are, mm-hmm. a, we are a quirky, unique family. That's what we are in the adult industry. Um, but so I transitioned from, that into becoming an adult entertainment lawyer. Now I'm very proud of the fact that we represent uh, some of the largest adult entertainment companies in the world. We represent clients in more than 17 different countries. Um, I, I, I really, I, I enjoy being able to be a free speech lawyer so much and combining that with being able to represent the adult entertainment industry is, is, to me, it's the greatest job in the world. So it, it's it's really an it's an honor. It's a privilege because um, I absolutely love this industry and what it stands for. And I believe that protecting free speech in the First Amendment is one of the most important uh, things I can be doing. And I wouldn't be and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all of the courageous adult entertainment entrepreneurs, both in front of the camera and behind the camera, that have the courage to you know continue to to push themselves and, 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 you know, freely show what it is they want to show. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, it's important for the adult industry to have lawyers who specialize in our work. Uh, it makes yep. it easier to approach them and a lot easier to get relevant information as well, because it is a very specialized industry. As I always, I'm sure you know. <laughs> I mean, I always found myself to be very approachable, but I mean, Hey, I guess, 
I guess some people might think I'm not, but I've been I've been going I'm, to trade I've been going to trade shows all you know for 17 years and and I uh, mean compared to going to a non-adult industry as someone who had to shop around for accountants and managed to find a Canadian one who specialized in adult it can be you can have some very awkward conversations trying to explain how the industry works to someone you know, who's not involved with it. My work in the adult entertainment industry has been you know we represent uh, everything from uh, web hosts to content producers to billing providers to uh, webmasters to performers to social media influencers to social media platforms. Uh, it's really anything that touches this industry. I, I very proudly represent the the incredible thing is as you briefly kind of touched to what ended up happening uh, was you know obviously COVID was and is you know it, it's one of those things where. You know, honestly, Katie, I think it's it's something that we're going to be talking about probably for, you know, a very long time. And we're probably going to be telling our children about it, like when they're older, be like, oh, you don't know what it was like. We lived through COVID. <laughs> and, and, you know, what happened in COVID was the adult entertainment industry saw a massive shift. Mm -hmm. And when I say a massive shift, what happened was conventional content creation virtually stopped overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, when I when I say conventional content creation, I'm talking about the old way. And and for those of you that are young that don't remember the old way was a there would be a a set and a cameraman and a director and a producer. They would hire talent and the and the content would be created. But what COVID really fast forwarded and empowered was all of these performers who went into business for themselves mm -hmm. through, you know, all of the numerous different platforms that exist now, the OnlyFans and Loyal Fans and Centro and, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, with COVID, we saw, because most of the information on webcam startup mm -hmm. is aimed at independent performers, which is typically mm -hmm. webcam models, solo or couples film producers, uh, fan club models, that type of thing. So what we saw from our side in COVID was all of a sudden all of these people coming from the traditional porn where they were used to having a photographer and they were used to having someone do their hair and makeup or yeah. they were used to having a schedule, a script. They, they weren't coming up with the ideas. They weren't video editing. Suddenly we had this huge influx of people who were very, in some cases, very experienced performers but who had no background in camming or their own video production, despite, you know, having huge name recognition and things like that. So it was definitely a shift for us as well in terms of the type of content we, we were creating to help people make that transition. It, you know, totally different world. I mean, totally mm -hmm. different world, Katie. You went, like I said, overnight, you went to this world where everyone was in business for themselves. And so mm -hmm. now the industry is actually comprised of the greater amount of content comes from individual performers, individual yeah. models. Mm -hmm. They are the actual content creators versus, you know, going back to the conventional production where you had larger uh, production studios, which of course still exist. And, and, yeah. and I'm sure that when COVID ends and is now finally beginning to, um, I guess, subside as the, mm -hmm. you know, the vac the vaccines are becoming more widely available. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're very much hoping to see, you know, a continuation where more doors are opened because mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of solo performers and cam models that want to, that, that do both and want to yeah. go back to conventional. But ultimately what happened during COVID was I had so many different 
models and performers coming to me. I, I've been, you know, one thing about me is that my brand has been my adult attorney since I first got into the industry. Mm -hmm. So they knew me as my adult attorney. You can go to myadultattorney.com and follow me on all the social media platforms. And ultimately, you know, you could go to my adult attorney and hire me. Mm -hmm. But what I, what I listened to was cam performers, performers, influencers, and, and, and I apologize because there's so many different terms now that you yeah. can refer to as that. It's so, so when I say, so I for, forgive me for if I'm leaving anybody Performers out. Performers or models is usually what we go with as the kind of generic catch-all. We'll go with that. So <laughs> so what happened was performers and models were coming to me and saying, listen, Corey, we can't afford the big retainers. Yeah. You know, we just can't. We're just starting off. We, we you know, we don't have the ability to put up a four or $5,000 retainer. We don't have the ability to pay you uh, the hourly rates that a lot of the other platforms do. And I listened to that and I understood it and I respected it. And I thought to myself, how can I do something to help these people? And how can I do it in such a way that, you know, it, it won't leave me, you know, impoverished at the, at the same time. Yeah. And so what I did was I actually started communicating with, with models and performers. And I kind of put together my own little, I don't know what you want to call it, like, testing group. And I started asking them questions like, what would you want? And so adult.law actually became a product that was, yes, I paid the developers and yes, I, you know, I developed it, but ultimately the ideas behind adult.law were, were very largely uh, created by what I heard performers and models wanting. Mm -hmm. So we created something different. We created a subscription-based platform where yeah. number one, there's a lot of performers out there that wanted to see the different education services that I've provided over the years. And, and over the years, I've spoken in, I don't even know how many countries, I, I couldn't even count how many live speeches and presentations I've given. But a lot of models said, well, we can't go to the trade shows. So we don't, we can't afford to go to the trade shows, or we just can't travel. So we want the ability to, to see that. So I immediately started creating content. And here I became a content creator, which by the way, is very interesting because, you know, even I now I'm learning about like having perfect lighting and having, yeah. you know, all the things in the right places. And I'm like, man, I was like, I couldn't imagine having to do that and be naked at the same time. I like, I was like, oh my God, like, no, it's a demanding job. <laughs> it is, it, it, you know, so I'm doing it with clothes on and I'm not engaging in, in anything sexual, but, but, oh my God, now I've got lighting and sound and audio and editing yeah. and, and it's, so, but we wanted to be able to give that to people. So for those people that just wanted access to that library of information, we have a subscription on adult.law where you just get access to that. But then I also heard from a lot of models that they said, well, we don't just want that. We want to be able to talk to you. We need one-on-one -on -one time when we have issues that pop up. Mm -hmm. So we came up with different tiers in adult.law. So basically you can subscribe for different tiers and depending on how much legal time you need, you can select your tier. So if you just want to sign up to have a one, you know, once a month, if you just want to talk to me, we have a tier for that. If mm -hmm. you have more needs and you want to have a couple hours a month, we have that. And then the other thing that I did is for anyone who signs up for adult.law, if you go over the hours, I give a substantial discount for adult.law members so that adult.law members are ultimately paying a discounted rate. So what we did, Katie, is we eliminated what was a conventional hiring a lawyer process. Mm -hmm. The conventional hiring lawyer process is pay a retainer, pay $400 an hour or whatever your hourly rate is. And we took all that out of the equation. And what we did was we created a more simple thing, a simple platform. And so far it's going great. 
Um, we actually base our um, our weekly videos that we released are now based on what our members are saying to us. Mm-hmm. So if a member says, hey, Corey, we want to talk about, um, you know, contracts this week. Specifically, we want to talk about content trade agreements. That'll be the episode that we do. And so we're basing our subjects of the episodes, not based on what what I'm coming up with, but based on what the models want. And so so we had COVID and I had this time to really work closely with models and get their feedback. And ultimately, that's what birthed adult.law. My adult attorney is still, you know, there and it always will be there. And and I still, you know, I'm continuing to represent the same people I did. We're just, what I did was I wanted to make legal services and legal information more widely accessible and more affordably accessible to the camp performer model community. And that's what adult.law is all about. Adult.law is is all about that sector that, that to be completely frank with you, Katie, oftentimes they felt ignored. Oftentimes performers, <laughs> you know, and, and oftentimes performers thought that, you know, there, there was information that only the big platform owners were, were be able to get access to. And so we wanted to fill the void and give access to people who very much needed this legal information and very much, you know, deserved it and wanted it. And that's what adult law was. That's where the, the, you know, the creation came from. And so things have been going really well. We're, we're continuing to get new models, new performers signing up. We we're actually getting not just models and performers. We're getting other people in the industry who want access to the video library, especially. Mm -hmm. And so they're signing up just so that, and, and they do various different things. Some of them are, are behind the camera. Some of them are, model representatives, some of them are social media managers, but ultimately our solution is meant for anyone who is working in the adult entertainment industry with emphasis and especially for content producers, models, performers, etc. Without leaving out any of the categories, like I said before, because yeah. they have so many. <laughs> There's so many categories names. we can't include I know. everyone. I can't even remember all the things that I do. But ultimately, the you know adult law. What we really wanted to do, and and what I'm I'm very pleased with, is that it's interactive. And when I say that, is that I'm giving legal services and I'm cre- creating content and I'm answering questions that performers want. I'm not just picking topics that are meaningless. I'm picking topics that are important. For example, some of our our recent episodes focused on content trade agreements. It focused on what happens when you're signing up for a platform and you're bringing in a third party to your clips? Because there's so many performers now that are like, you know, their boyfriend or, or girlfriend or significant others watching and being like, Ooh, I can do that too. I want to get in on that. And now all of a sudden they're in the video and, and models and performers now have to realize that, Oh, wait a minute. I'm just not a solo model anymore. I'm now a producer producing content. And so all of these various different laws that apply to all of the big studios now apply to them too. The, the, the age verification, 2257, your model releases, all of that stuff becomes so much more important. And I'm basically educating a lot of individual performers that were never given the chance to get that, that education before, uh, because it, frankly, it's, it didn't really exist until we saw this massive explosion, shall we say, of the transition from conventional content creation. I just, you know, I, w- I want to try to help them get access to legal services that they typically weren't able to get. And, and, you know, one of the other things that I've seen, Katie, is that a lot of people sometimes are intimidated to get legal help. 
or they're mm-hmm. nervous or whatever. And, and, you know, one thing about me is if you've ever met me at a trade show or whatever, I will stop and I'll talk to anybody. I don't, you know, I, I love meeting new people. I don't care what sector of the business you're in. Adult.law is is more of that. So if you want to be able to have, you know, time with me to discuss the specific issues that you're having and go through your business, it's one of the packages we offer. And I think that's important too, because one of the things, Katie, that that performers are not doing enough of is, let me put it this way. I'm assuming, Katie, you go to the dentist a couple times a year to get your teeth cleaned? Yes. So do I. I'm assuming you go to the doctor for your regular checkup? Yes. So do I. Performers should be doing the same thing with legal. They have to treat legal as something as not an, it, it's not a something anymore that you can just pick and choose. It is a necessity. You need to do it. The adult entertainment industry and adult entertainers are constantly under attack. They're under attack by conservatives. They're under attack by far-right religious organizations. They're under attack by politicians, by, by people who just disagree with what our views are in terms of sexuality. And so the law is constantly changing. Things are coming out every day that affect individual performers and they're not just individual performers anymore. Now they're also their own individual production companies and they need to be aware of this. They need to protect themselves and they're not used to it because historically they might've been working in a different sector of the industry. But now more than ever, it's so important that you get what I call the legal checkup. The legal checkup is no different than, you know, that dentist appointment or that doctor appointment. And that's another one of the things that adult.law does where you can purchase a package where you'll get that, whether you want to, I have some clients that want to meet once a week. I mean, I have clients that, that want to talk quarterly or monthly or yearly, whatever. I'm just trying to get the message out there that legal should be that much. It should be a important piece of your, of your budget. It should be an important piece of your, it should be no different than, you know, installing your latest antivirus software. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing. You should be thinking, I got to, Got to get, got to talk to my lawyer, got to make sure nothing's changed. I got to see if anything's going to hurt me or affect me or what have you. And so my assumption, and this is, was my assumption when I was completely solo, I never worked with anyone else. It was just me. Then I didn't think, oh, I need to talk to anybody. But as soon as I started wanting to work with other models, that's when I started looking at, okay, now I need a model release. Now I need photos of their ID. You know what you just said though, is something that performers say all the time, but but, but is that also, true? Is that oh because yes? I always thought as long as nobody else was there, it was just I signed my agreement with the site. I'm sending my stuff to the site, so there's nobody else involved. There's just me and Chatterbait, or me and Streammate, me and Clips for Sale, whatever. There's no other people. But then the minute I started chatting with another performer about filming with them, I was like, okay, well now I need a model release. Now I need this and a project I'm currently working on. I'm actually hiring models to shoot their own solo content. So Mm -hmm. now I have work for hire agreements, uh, which has been super fun and having to do video calls to verify with the model that they are doing this on their own in addition to getting copies of their ID. And uh, so it has been a little bit of a learning curve for me as well. But but I just want to make sure that anybody listening to this who is just a solo performer, because there are still a lot of performers who it's just them. There's nobody else involved. There's nobody taking pictures. There's nobody. Because, of course, as soon as you have a photographer, a videographer, copyright lies with them unless you have an alternative arrangement. I think. Yeah, you're right. So as soon as you have your boyfriend taking pictures of you. Sorry. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. 
he might not always be your boyfriend. I didn't want to have to tell you, but you should probably get the paperwork. It's not very romantic, but the number of people we've had contact us who go. I filmed videos when I was dating this guy and now he wants me to take them down and I don't have any paperwork. Can I keep them? One thing I have an expression I use around here and I always say that relationships all end badly or else they wouldn't end. And planning for that potential breakup, end of relationship, separation is so important. But something that you actually mentioned that that also is really important to talk about and this is, you know, here's my I'll give you guys a little a little taste of some of the things you'll learn on adult.law. Just because you're a solo model, solo performer, does not mean that you also don't need to be concerned with model releases and 2257 documents. And I'll tell you why. Because even though right now you're a solo performer and you're building up your library, let's just hypothetically say that six months down the road, two years from down the road, some big production company comes to you and says, wow, you know, you've got amazing followers, you've got amazing content. We want to buy that content from you. And now that company wants to purchase the company from uh, the content from you. The first thing that that company is going to do during their due diligence is they're going to say, okay, we need a model release. Even though it's a solo, we need your model release and we need all of your 2257 documents. So if you're going to sell that whole library and you don't have that documentation, even though you're a solo model, your content library is worthless because you can't sell it because no business, no adult responsible business on the planet is going to purchase a content library without documentation. So you have to remember that even for you solo models, you need to be preparing that documentation. So you have to sign in advance a model release to yourself. I know that sounds crazy, but you should, for the sake of your, your content production, number one, you should, first of all, you should, even as a solo, you should have your own individual entity, meaning you should have an LLC set up or a company. And what should be happening is that you should be signing a release with your company so that the company is creating the content, getting the release from the person so that ultimately when the company sells its library to whoever is buying it, it's going to be very simple for you to provide the model release documents. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's so tough and I have to fill out a couple forms. No, it's not. This is planning for the future. This is protecting your library. Um, so you have to think about it that way, Katie, because remember that, again, if that big company comes along, let's say I'm representing that big company. The first thing I'm going to say to the models, I'm going to say, OK, great. We have a deal. Send me over your 2257 records. Send me over your model releases. I don't care that you're a solo model. And if she says, well, I don't have any of that, I'm going to say, well, we don't have a deal then. Because a company buying all that stuff can't buy it without the documentation. Right. So, so you have to remember that it's not just about, don't think of it from just a, you know, standard 2257 record keeping situation, which you still have to be doing also, but think about it as a long-term planning solution and making sure that you're preparing for what could come in the future and that you're protecting your intellectual property and protecting your most valuable asset, which is you, your content. So there, I just gave you guys, uh, I gave all of you, you, uh, uh, all of your viewers, listeners, subscribers, a, uh, a free little taste of some of the stuff that get uh, on adult.law. But it's, it's very important to me that people, even solo models know that. Yeah. That never occurred to me, even though I've bought content from other performers. So, and I've always expected them to have that stuff ready and I've required that. It never occurred to me to do it for myself. What's going to happen? I mean, Katie, if I came to you tomorrow and I said, Hey Katie, you're a superstar. (laughs) I want to buy all your content. 
and I say, and we make a deal for, you know, $20,000 to buy your content library or whatever. And then I say, all right, Katie, send me over your docs. And you say, oh, I don't have any. I'm not going to take on that content. I'm not going to take on the potential liability of having undocumented adult content in this world. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you have to be crazy too. Yeah. So. So is one of the things though, when, since we are talking about documentation is one of the things that is included with adult.law is access to forms like that. Because I know there are all sorts of places that all of us get forms from clips for sales, got forms to download only fans now have no, don't get the clips for sale one clips for sale. No longer has forms to download. Uh Oh, those are gone. Those are the ones I used to use. I have different ones now, but I use those for, the first uh, seven years of my career. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach you something. And again, this is another lesson for all of your listeners out there. Okay. Forms are junk. Forms are pieces of paper that are meant to somehow apply to a mass amount of people. But in reality, you might be living in a place that the laws are completely different and that form is worthless. You might be living in a place where there's certain language in that form that are unenforceable or even worse you might have something in in that form, whatever it is, that could get you in trouble. This is like it, it drives me it, it drives me crazy when people talk about forms. I get it. I understand that people want forms because it's cheaper. I understand that people want forms because it's easier. But you know what? If it ever comes to that point in time where you're getting sued or potentially the government is coming after you, if you say, "But I use this form," if you think that's going to be a defense, it's not. A form is just a form. A legal document that protects you should be tailored to your individual needs. It should be tailored to the law of where you are. It should be tailored to what you plan on doing with your content, how you intend on doing it, and what's going to change in the law. Because a form, I've seen some of these forms, and some of them are so old and and dated, and they've got things in there that don't even apply anymore. Or they've got, you know, they they don't take into account some of the most recent uh, laws, such as FOSTA-SESTA, for example. These are outdated forms that are going to just get you into trouble down the road. Yes. Are they cheap? Yes. Are they easier to use? Yes. I mean, so we don't. It was free. I downloaded it off Clips for Sale because I emailed them and said, what do I have to upload if I have if I want to shoot content with someone else? And they said, oh, if you go to the, your studio page, there's forms there. And I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah, those form- I upload to clips for sale. And in my brain, what I was concerned about at the time, again, I was a very new model was I want to make sure I don't get in trouble from the site. And then if the site comes to me, and sites have come to me before and said, Hey, do you have a model release for this content with this person? Pornhub's one of the ones bizarrely that every time I've uploaded something with another person before I've even had a chance to finish their thing, I'm just letting it render. And it immediately would send you an email saying, hello, you have another person in here. We do not have ID for this person. Where is it now? Yep. And that's, and that's, and that's exactly the way it should be. And clips, clips for sale is that they're, they've been, I've, I've represented them historically. They are uh, run by very responsible people. And I can tell you that um, those forms are, are no longer there. And, you know, there's reasons for that. And, and again, you know, to all you who are listening today, you know, if, if you take anything away from listening to this, other than subscribe to adult.law right now, but if you're taking, <laughs> but if you're, but if you're taking anything away from this, I'd be encouraging you to stay away from those forms. They are so dangerous. You have no idea what's in there. Now, there are some sites like uh, OnlyFans came under fire for this fairly recently, where they said you must use our form. We want you to to fill out and submit our form. To which I told them, take a hike. This content's four years old. 
I don't know where this guy lives anymore. I have all of his documentation. Here you go. And fortunately, I was lucky. And they said, okay, fine. But they said, nope, here's our form. We, you need to use our form. What What do you do in that case? Do you get, because again, this is content that I shot four years ago with someone who has since moved at least twice. Uh, I don't have their new phone number. And then for a site to come to me and say, you can't use this content unless you have our form. How do you deal with that? Very how, simple. How would you rec- recommend approaching it? I basically Very... just got mad and it worked, but I'm not sure that's the best approach. No, getting mad is never the right <laughs> getting, getting mad is never the right approach. I might have but... actually cried a little bit because I was really stressed about it. <laughs> well, don't 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 cry. Don't cry. But what I would tell you in that particular instance is every person, regardless of where you are, whether you're a big studio, whether you're a big platform, whether you're an operator, when a contract gets put in front of your face you have the right to consult an attorney and you should, it is a contract. It has legal rights in there. Mm-hmm. Talk to a lawyer, reach out. I'm always there. There's, there's other, there, well, there's, there's some other adult entertainment lawyers out there. Also, I would be cautious before you just run out and hire a, a mainstream lawyer who knows nothing about the adult entertainment industry. Don't, that's don't run out and hire a mainstream lawyer. We are a rarity. And there's also some scary ones out there. I would tell you right now that, um, if you find lawyers out there that are just like, oh, I'm an adult entertainment lawyer, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're one. You want to go online and, and check their experience, make check the cases they've involved and the companies they've represented. I've represented some of the largest companies in the adult entertainment industry. I've been involved in in, in some historically large decisions. Because you've That's worked a- for the AC- you've done work with the ACLU and the Free Speech Coalition, correct? I've not done work with the ACLU. Been involved I've been involved with Free Speech Coalition. I've been a member for a long time. I've also helped them out with uh, over the years. I couldn't even tell you how many different projects. They are an incredible organization. I'm a member of the First Amendment Lawyers Association. Uh, FALA is the acronym. There are ways that you should be able to te- you should be able to do your homework. And if you see that there's some lawyer that's just like, oh, I'm an adult entertainment industry, and and this has happened over the years. I, I frankly, I call them tourists. They basically show up to trade shows with a They're suitcase. They're the legal equivalent of guy with a camera. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they show up to trade shows with a stack of business cards and like, oh, I'm an I'm a I'm a porn lawyer. I'm an adult entertainment lawyer. I'm like, well, really, who do you represent? Well, I I uh, uh, I'm like, okay, well, what's your experience? Have you worked on the cases? It's taken me 15 years of being a lawyer, and I'm still learning something new every day. So I, I actually it drives me crazy. When these people show up at trade shows, they're like, oh, I'm an industry lawyer, so you can listen to me. No, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And frankly, they're dangerous. They're extremely dangerous because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And what ends up happening is they give either bad advice or they miss something. And I can tell you now that that lawyer, whoever it is that gives you bad advice, if you end up in jail, isn't going to, you know, it's not like a wrestling match where you can tag them in and they'll do the time for you. It doesn't work that way. So you want to make sure that, you know, when you're looking for an adult entertainment lawyer, that you're going to people that have been in this business for a long time, that do good work, that have a reputation, ask around, mm-hmm. you know, if you ask around and, 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 you know, you find out that, that the lawyer's got a bad reputation, run away, do your homework, go online, read up on them, you know, check out the, that's what you should be doing. It's no different than, you know, if, if I'll give you an example, if my ugly ass wanted to get cosmetic surgery someday, before I hired a cosmetic surgeon, I would research into the cosmetic surgeon. I wouldn't just let someone cut my face up. I would be, you know, doing the research, take a look at their history, make sure they, they haven't gotten in trouble. 
You should be doing the same thing with your lawyer. Make sure that you're hiring an attorney. Don't and and if you go to your you know your local lawyer and he says, oh well, that just seems like a contract thing. I can take care of it for you. No, they can't. They have no idea what it's like to work in this industry. They have no idea what it's like to be in an industry where every performer model is constantly under scrutiny, is constantly under attack, whether it be from a, a regulator, from a religious association, from some newspaper journalist somewhere. There's always someone. And so it's so important and that, that look, like I said to you, of course I want you to hire me. You know? <laughs> but, at, but at the end of the day, I would be much happier if, if it was a choice between hiring not me and a different adult entertainment lawyer versus, you know, going off and getting advice from your cousin's brother who does eviction work. Your cousin Vinny. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I, I'm actually, I love the business that I'm in. I love the fact that I'm in this industry. I absolutely love the fact that when people, when I tell people I'm an adult entertainment lawyer, they look at me and they go, they have that strange look. And I'm like, you know what? Don't judge me or judge my industry until you've lived a day in it, because it is one of the most fascinating, intriguing, and special places uh, and unique places that 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 you can be in uh, in terms of uh, being part of any business. And I'm proud of it, and I won't ever let anybody take that away from me. And so, so you know, I'm really hoping that that more performers and you know find out what adult law is, adult.law is, and realize that it's out there for them. And it is adult.law, by the way. A lot of people have been going like adult.law, or excuse me, adultlaw.com. It is not, it is not adultlaw.com. It is just adult.law. And, you know, I'm really hoping that, that, you know, more models, performers will take advantage of it. And I, you know, I, I'm really hoping I can help them all out and, and help them out with being able to sleep better at night. You know, a lot of you know, some, some models out there are just so stressed out with legal compliance that they can't sleep. And, and yeah. it you know, is, it's very stressful. Yeah. It's and, it's a really it's a tough thing to deal with. I'm dealing with stuff for a new project and. I, there were things I hadn't even thought of that just hadn't occurred to me because I am a, you know, I very much am a solo performer and was like, mm. I don't know, the last time I dealt with any forms, I printed them off Clips for Sales website and that's not going to cut it for what I'm doing now. Please send help. And um, I think more and more of us are realizing that it, it takes a bit more than just an accountant once a year mm -hmm. to run a successful business and to run a business that's in legal compliance with all of the damn paperwork. You're absolutely right. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, so I am a Canadian and I really? have, yes, I've heard models, international models say, well, I don't do this type of paperwork because it's not needed in my country. The way I've always done my paperwork is as if I lived in the US. Is that the wrong thing to do? Because mm. Canadian, the Canadian record keeping compared to the US is more lax. There's very few well, defined standards for it. So I've always kept my records as if I was an American. It's, it, you know, that's a great question. And the answer to your question is you should always be doing everything in your power to, because also remember that inevitably you're going to be doing business with a U.S. company, whether you're submitting content, and they are going to be required to comply with mm -hmm. 2257. And so if you don't have 2257 records, you're not going to be doing business with them. So 2257 is unique to the United States. Yes. So that's obviously, you know, a big one. But at the same time, you don't, as a Canadian, you don't have to worry that the FBI is going to come banging your door down to do a 2257 records inspection because that can't happen. You're in Canada. That's, that's a, it's an American law. But ultimately, 
you know, it's very important that, you know, when I hear models say, well, you know, I'm, I'm in so-and-so, so I don't have to worry about it, whatever, that is the wrong approach to be taken. Because first of all, there are going to be laws in your local jurisdiction that do apply to you. And secondly, again, going back to the example I gave you before, Katie, what happens if down the road you want to sell or you want to license your content? How are you going to do that when you don't have the necessary documentation that is basically the gold standard for, for one, ensuring that the performers each, excuse me, reach the age of majority. Another thing, the age of majority is not 18 in every jurisdiction in this world. In other jurisdictions, it's actually higher than that. Yep. So there are multiple different things that you have to consider. And this is another reason why you have to be talking to a lawyer about this. You're creating adult content. We are not in this business to be, we're not creating um, envelopes here. You know, this is adult entertainment. This is sex work. This is a hot topic. This is a, you know, something that is going to be a hot topic for, for always has been and always will be. And you have to be treating as that. You need to know what you have to be doing in your local jurisdiction. So to answer your question, Katie, yes, complying with U.S. law is, it may actually be something smart to do, even though you're in another country. But I even figured it would be because so many of the companies are located in the U.S. So, yep. for example, Model Centro, I believe, is American, and I'm working uh, on stuff through them. And if they said yep. to me, well, we need a copy of your paperwork for that model. Well, if I, I only can... had Canadian paperwork, I don't think that would end well for me. Well, I can tell you that as the guy that drafted all that paperwork that Centro made you sign, that what they're doing is exactly what should be going on. Uh, they've got it right. They know what they're doing. Um, they are uh, legally speaking. They do everything by the book. They spend a small fortune every year in compliance. And performers and models should be doing the same thing, finding out what it is you guys should be doing in your local jurisdictions. Thank you for making sure that everybody at Model Centro support can answer questions about paperwork and documentation. Amazing people. They've always been trained. And ultimately, when questions get asked, they come back to me and say, hey, what do we do in this case? They are one of the uh, one of the best, most responsible companies I've seen uh, ever in my in my years in this business. And very model focused, too, which is it's still yeah. rare, <laughs> even though, you know, we're slowly moving towards more models focused businesses. But yeah, you guys are you guys are, are replacing all the old guard. No, it's it's been a long time coming in as hard as COVID has been in many ways, one of the wonderful things to see has been the way that performers have adapted, the way service providers like you have adapted, the way new companies are cropping up, companies are changing their approach to dealing with independent performers. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have a lot of opportunities that independent performers didn't have before just because the world changed. And uh, it's it's been nice to see people like you who were very grounded in the traditional mainstream porn world kind of crossing over and providing services for people in, in our world, in that independent uh, world. And it's, I think it benefits everybody. Absolutely does. To have Pete, some of these changes. Pete, you know, I always tell people there's, 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 there is no adult content without the actual content. <laughs> I think, I think you sometimes. No, it's funny how many sites still see us as, you know, our profile number as opposed no. to <laughs> no, I think as a lot, people. Are, and it's there, changing quickly and it's been wonderful to see. No, you, you mentioned even during this, the, this, this interview, you mentioned some great, you know, Centro clips for sale. These are all fantastic platforms that do an amazing job caring about their performers and, and do the, go the extra mile. And uh, they're out there, guys. They, they, there's a lot of great platforms out there. Great point. Well, 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 well said, Katie. I'm, 
Listen, I've been stuck inside for so long. I'm so tired of the four walls. So I've been trying to find the silver linings of some well, of the COVID it, stuff. And for this industry, seeing that shift has been, it's been magical. It's to watch fine. That, that transition. And it's, I hope it stays this way. It's fine <laughs> until the walls start talking back to you. When you start hearing your walls talking to you, like in your head, that's where it's time to get back outside. Uh, I'm very, very thankful to this industry. And I'm so grateful to to people like you and Ms. Saunders, who I was going to say Madame Saunders, but because of the connotation that might give, I have to be careful. But uh, Oh, she's a dom, all right. Oh, okay. So to, <laughs> so, so to Madame Saunders, I have to give props to everything she's doing also. And, and you know, again, I'm, I'm here for everyone. I will, you know, that's why we built adult.law. And uh, I'm grateful for the people that have already signed up. And, and I really hope that we'll, you'll all continue to sign up because the more of you that sign up, the more we'll be able to continue making uh, episodes and paying for all the video editing, which I've now learned uh, content creation is extremely expensive. I didn't know, <laughs> but now I do. Well, you could learn to edit videos by yourself. You know, but I, you'd probably need a lot more coffee than you currently drink. Yeah, I actually don't drink. I don't drink coffee at all. I don't drink. It would caffeine. make you start drinking coffee. No I hate video me. editing. I'm I'm a performer through and through. I hate the editing process. So, but I'm also a control freak, so I can't outsource it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you very much, Corey, for coming to talk to us. So this is Corey D. Silversign. He is a. In, an adult industry attorney, and you can find him at myadultattorney.com or his new service, adult.law. Thank you again for coming, Corey. Thank you so much. Pleasure was all mine.